Soy, the final frontier. I'm Comrade Breton. And I am Bindi Pat. These are the voyages of the starship USS Buttcrack, our ongoing mission. To explore old Star Trek episodes, both cringe and based, and to boldly go to cry at Mozart's score. So when trick the podcast is here, we're here one happy in one half Communist, unless we have a less left is Patrick and Britain talking, joking, farting, and shitting all about Star Trek. Like our buttholes, the show is wrecked. Soy Trek, the podcast is here. So listen to Soy Trek. Right in your ears. Did you say right in your ears? I didn't. This time on purpose. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you do that to my song? How dare? That song that really isn't my song. Those lyrics meant a lot to you. <laughs> they really did. I wrote them over a period of one night. <laughs> one hours, probably. One hours. Yeah. At most. That's <laughs> that, being real generous. That was one hour of your life you'll never get back. I probably just like dashed it out on a napkin. I just came in. <laughs> not going to lie. How are you doing, Patrick? Yeah, you know, can't yeah. complain. Yeah, what's new? What's what's going on in life? Vibing. Vibing. Joe vibing. Joe, Joe vibing. <laughs> like you got a, like a vibrating butt plug in? Yes. Oh. Yeah, it's telling me what to say. Speaking of which, what happened to the vibrating butt plug I had on the floor or on the fucking table right there? You, you, you had a vibrating butt plug on the table? Yeah, I really did. I mean, it was still in the box. <laughs> it's a brand new vibrating butt plug, but what happened to that vibrating butt plug? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. As <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear just hear a, a deep, hey, rich sound coming uh, from your chair. Britt, quick question. Why yeah. don't you turn it off? <laughs> not not turn, saying I've seen it. I'm but, not saying I've seen it, but theoretically, how would you turn it off? <laughs> like something like that, at least. <laughs> how do you think? Do you think it had like an off button or a remote, maybe? I don't know. So what if it went in too far? Because theoretically, <laughs> it would be starting to hurt by now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel it making its way through my lower intestine. <laughs> <laughs> just jimmying on in there, just doing yeah. the rumba. Yeah, it's going, my name is Cuban Pete, I'm the king of the rumba beat. Yeah, it's like a Roomba, so it's just like it's going on a path. <laughs> just straight through your intestine, buddy. Yeah. yeah. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. I haven't seen your butt plug. Yet. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> That's saving that for later. I do genuinely wonder what I did with that. Hmm. I might have put it over on that table. That's what I'm getting. Is it a Fargus? No, that, those are um, the blanks I use for ashtrays. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> What'd you turn up in um, in one of the um, uh, Patreon subscribers who pay $20 a month? <laughs> this thing gets part of like um, some of the um, some of the, mer- the merch that you give them. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> like, oh, cool. I'm pretty sure like at least two of them would be like neat nice you get to guess you get to go back on another episode where we talk about the patreon people and guess who those two people are <laughs> yeah all right yeah 
That's your your mission, soldiers. If you choose wrong, you die. Yeah, if you choose wrong, we come to your house. Beat you with hammers. I beat you with my penis. <laughs> Cons- consensually, in, in the safe, consensual way. Oh, okay. That's good. Sure. And you're avoiding any sort of like litigation that way. Yeah. <laughs> so, what did we get into this week? We watched season three, episode 23. Yeah, you're right. Sarek. Right. Um, season three, episode 23 of, guess what? Star Trek The Next Generation. The Next baby. Generation. Hell yeah. Uh, this one was released on seven, uh, 14th of May, 1990. Wow. It's the 70th episode of TNG all overall and the 177th episode of Star Trek released overall. Wow. Uh the teleplay was by Peter S. Beagle, um, who <laughs> who's best known for adapting the 1978 animated Lord of the Rings movie. Oh, wow. And he wrote that. He's also well known for being an actual dog. He that, is. That, yeah. well, he, was, he, was, he was a dad that was turned into a, into a beagle by, by his son's <laughs> wish, and they never turned, figured out how to turn him back. Yeah, have you ever seen Quigley starring um, <laughs> uh, Gary Busey? Mm-mm. Well, he's he's turned into a dog, and then he goes and lives with like his estranged family. <laughs> and let me tell you, I've masturbated to that movie. I'm guessing there's a scene where um, his uh, his uh, his wife that left him is like get, being courted by a new guy who's kind of slimy. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. And quickly, probably like it was like not on my watch. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Bites him in the butt or something. You're not entirely wrong this in fact i think itself. you're entirely right yeah, yeah. <laughs> this movie writes like, itself. like an ai could have written this film <laughs> yeah. easy, easily back in the 90s like <laughs> or the early 2000s this was made you see uh there like some there's been some very obvious um ai written um uh um like movie, like movies, you gotta watch type uh, articles being written no and uh someone shared one the other day where it was just like um uh, movies that didn't age well, or something like that, and, what, mm-hmm. and it's like um, uh, Birth of a Nation, <laughs> and, it, and it's obviously written by AI because it's like uh, everyone has their favorite childhood story. Birth of a Nation, the movie about the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> it's just like, come on, it's, it's just like someone just like wrote, okay, write, write an article about uh, Birth of a Nation so to AI, like, and it didn't even bother to proofread or anything. It's amazing. Yeah. That's that is amazing. Everyone does. I mean, David Duke has his favorite childhood story, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's like David Duke's favorite childhood yeah. film. Wild. So uh, this one was uh, actually written initially. A story was written by Mark Cushman and Jake Jacobs. Mark Cushman, mm. who we've been talking about a lot, and we're going to be interviewing next week on the podcast. Wow, it's going to be crazy. That's going to be wild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have I have some interesting questions lined up so nice. far. Yeah, yeah, it should be fun. So, uh, but also uh, writing with him was his writing partner, Jake Jacobs, who wrote Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge, mm. and also Nightmare on Elm Street, The Dream Child. Oh, nice. Yeah. My favorite one's are The Dream Warriors. The Dream Warriors is that's, the best. That's, that's the fucking sick song. By Dokken. Yeah. We're all. the Dream Warriors. We're going to fight. Oh, we're not going to dream no more. Mm-hmm. And this one was... Uh, Directed by legendary Star Trek director Les Landau, mm. who directed 58 episodes of Star Trek, including 34 of TNG, 19 of DS9, 9 of Voyager, and 1 of Enterprise. Any relation to Martin Landau? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> and did, did he... I think he might have uh, fucking... Didn't he... Um, 
Didn't he direct The Naked Now, the last episode we watched? Oh, maybe. I think, maybe. Uh, oh, I don't know if this is on here. Oh, that's right. It's not on here because uh, I wrote it on a piece of paper. Damn. I hate writing on paper. Yeah, cause, and then sometimes when I write on paper, I can't even read what I wrote. Yeah, same here because I got bad handwriting. Same. Who even writes anymore? Uh, doctors who have bad handwriting. Oh, yeah. yeah. They do it for a living. They do. Bad handwriting motherfuckers. All right, you want to get into this episode? Yeah, you know, why the fuck not? Yeah. Like, you know. We do have a podcast where we review Star Trek, so maybe we should. Uh, no, the director of The Naked Now was Paul Lynch. Paul Lynch. Yeah. Interesting. But same L name, but also the name you, of, a, of a someone. Well, hold up, hold yeah. up. Paul Lynch, you just mentioned Dawkin, whose guitarist is George Lynch. Oh, my God. You, are you seeing the connection? We're seeing the connections who, here. Who was in The Lynch Pit. No, not the lynch pit. The lynch mob. There you mm. go. The snake pit was was the one I was thinking of with with uh, slash slash's snake pit. Mm. So who would you think would win in a fight, a snake pit or a lynch mob? Depends on if the snakes are poisonous. You mean venomous? Venomous, yes. Yeah, there's no such thing as a poisonous. <laughs> snake. But a venomous snake. So yeah, I guess it would re- it would be whether or not the snakes are venomous. Mm-hmm. Be, or or boa constrictors, mm-hmm. like because I feel like those are the only snakes that can really like fight a uh, lynch mob. Mm-hmm. So, like if they were just like garden snakes, yeah, lynch mob. Yeah, I think down. the lynch mob could like turn the snakes into ropes. Yeah, and then hang, but but I think a boa constrictor. I think uh, they're, hang they're, they're, more snakes with snakes. Mm, you see what I'm saying now? Uh, I see. But the venomous snake, they could just be, like, striking them and then send the whole lynch mob into a panic, mm-hmm. and then they would start trampling each other. And then, like, there would okay. be complete pandemonium, and, like, people would be on the floor, and then snakes would just be, like, biting their faces. So I think, like, I think ultimately, if you have venomous or boa constrictors, uh, I would say the snakes. I mean, but also we haven't said how many snakes are in the snake pit. Mm. I mean, it could be yeah. a very small pit mm. and uh, just a few snakes. Mm. Well, see, it has to be some sort of, like, measurably, like... How big does a pit have to be? I mean, that's the thing, the pit, but I think, like, it has to be at least... Just give me a dimension. How how big does something have to be to be a pit? Wide or deep? I said dimension. Just, I mean, multiple... Give me the dimensions. Multiple dimensions? Yeah. Three Um, three of them. I mean, we're... Three dimensions. We're going, like, there's the snake pit that's in um, Indiana Jones. Actually, hold up four dimensions also give me the space time <laughs> space time <laughs> how long does it exist yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right now okay now we're now we're really thinking about this i would say it'd have to be a fairly large snake pit because like i mean i'm thinking because like when i think snake pit i immediately go to like indiana jones mm-hmm. and you know why did it have to be snakes and that was a fuck ton of snakes that was a fuck shit fuck of snakes yeah and i don't think a lynch mob if they were to go into like a pit that size but what if it's a lynch mob of Indiana Joneses? Oh, well, then, like, the snakes, though. I mean, like, sure, like, the snakes, because like, Indy's afraid of snakes. Yeah, but he, he, he wants to also, like, set them on fire. He does want to set them on and fire. And if there's he, enough of him, he can set them all on fire. And, he's, and he is smart, so he, he would is. find a way to outwit the snakes. Right. Where, like, a, like so, like, I th- like, collectively, like, a group of 
Indiana Joneses would put their collective minds uh-huh. together to figure out how to we, take uh, out the snakes. I think the plural is jo- Jonesopolis. Jonesopolis. <laughs> yeah. But like a typical lynch mob, they're typically like not thinking straight. They're just like kind of just like in the moment. Uh-huh. And so, and they're just like they're they're going by pure fear where Indiana Jones is going off of pure reason. And pure reason. Pure reason. <laughs> but like he hates snakes just on principle, even if they're like non venomous. <laughs> Yeah, he does. Yeah. But I do but I think but I think he he would handle the situation with intelligence and um gumption and and sort of just be crafty about it. Like he, him and the other Indiana Jones Jonesopolis would, <laughs> would, would would find a way. They would Thank you. they would take like they would take the oil out of the lanterns and pour it on the snakes and then set them all. Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah, you're right. They would be like, wait, 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 let's figure this out. And they would they would pull their their minds together and then be like, okay, well, let's do this. And like, and each Indiana Jones would have a different role he would play in mm-hmm. and 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 overtaking the snakes with no Indiana Jonesopolis being. <laughs> being killed or bitten or any or even coming close to the snake they they didn't even want that so yeah very yeah. true yeah so i think i think they would work together but like a lynch mob of just normal joes mm-hmm. would be overtaken completely by snakes uh joeopolis joeopolis <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds like a greek name <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> <laughs> like greeks i think greeks would go joseph joeopolis i think i think i think a, a, a group of greeks would just go in face first they would go in neck first and get bitten <laughs> Uh, my new group of in-laws is Greek. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. I didn't say anything bad about Greeks. <laughs> I'm still I'm still learning how to pronounce their name. It's uh, Pr- Prisiliglu, I mm. think. I don't know. Oh God. Uh, Prusoliglu. 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 Like Bruce Almighty, but Prus. That's a cool so name. So Prus Almighty. Prusoliglu Mighty. <laughs> <laughs> Prusalga Mighty. Yeah. Yeah, that's a cool name. So so she lost that name though. No, she's keeping it. She's keeping it? Nice. Yeah. Good, she doesn't want her, she doesn't want her bullshit last name Straw. Yeah, I feel you. Who wants that? Ellie Straw? Come on. I mean she's probably so used to spelling it. It's probably such a hor- th- bad name like horrible name to spell. She's also built up her reputation as a doctor under that name. Oh yeah, yeah. She doesn't want to sully it with our shitty last name mm. that's only connected to uh I don't know weird experimental music projects. They search. They search. They search straw, and then this podcast comes up. <laughs> it's like whoa. Seriously, it is one of the first things that'll come <laughs> oh, up. Oh really? If you, yeah. <laughs> so it's like yeah, not uh, not trusting my uh, uh, my my health to that person. Yeah, yeah. Which cool. They just uh, spent like f- fifteen minutes talking about <laughs> like if there was multiple <clears throat> Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, Jonesopolis. Jonesopolis. <laughs> Sounds like a fucking freak. <laughs> so let's actually talk about this episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That has nothing to do with snakes or Indian Jones. Mm-hmm. So uh, we start, and M- Ambassador Sarek of Vulcan, also known as Spock's motherfucking dad. Yeah. Uh, is he called looks a- great, by the way. He does look great. And it's uh, it's the same actor. Uh, I forget his name. Um, but they use the same actor. I think I wrote it down here somewhere. Yeah. But- I wonder if the, like what the inspiration for this episode was is probably like, you know, hey, we got this. We, this guy is still alive. <laughs> Can we somehow write an episode that includes him? Yeah, right. Let's see. And it, it makes sense in the timeline because Vulcans live to be like two hundred. Yeah, uh, Mark Leonard. There you go, Mark Leonard. Yeah. yeah. So, Mark Leonard, playing Ambassador Serica Vulcan, is called aboard the USS Enterprise D <laughs> to fulfill his latest diplomatic duty, a treaty with a mysterious race known as the Lagarans. Mm-hmm. So, 
uh, Picard and Riker are in dress uniforms, like the the long ones, the dress dress ones, which are sick as fuck. Yeah. Uh, walking down the corridor on their way to meet the ambassador. Picard explains to Riker how his lieutenant, he became tongue-tied the first time he met Sarek briefly at his son's wedding and couldn't suck the groomsmen's dicks. Because <laughs> he was tongue-tied, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Right? <laughs> I forgot I wrote that, and I was like, what? <laughs> what? Was that actually part of the episode? <laughs> I do a lot of that with, with notes. As I'll just, like, write a fucking joke, and then I'm like, that can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Riker then asked Picard's... So asks Picard if the rumors that Sarek will be retiring after these negotiations are true, and Picard confirms that it's unofficial, but probably true. Picard and Riker enter the transporter room, uh, and Sarek's aides Kai Mendrison and Sakoth or Sakith are beamed aboard. Mendrison advises that Sarek is not a young man anymore, and though Sarek may wish to attend the events that the Enterprise has prepared for him, he says that it is ill-advised because Sarek will tire too easily. Yeah. Um, it was funny because, like, when I was watching that, I was telling you, like, this guy who plays Mendrison looks exactly mm -hmm. like character actor Bruce McGill. Mm -hmm. Like, exactly like him. He does. Like, I was, like, like, I was, like, when I was watching, I was like, oh, yeah, what was that guy's name? I looked up and like, William Dennis. No. He's only been in, like, five things. That can't be right. And then it turns out, like, yeah, he, he's just the exact double of character actor Bruce McGill. And then uh, the guy who plays um, uh, Sacketh is, like, super Italian. Oh, yeah. He's got the most Italian name ever. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like Cristo Pololo. Yeah. Joey, Joey Bipo. Yeah. Yeah. Joey <laughs> it's, uh, Johnny Pizza Hut. Johnny Pizza Hut. That's his name. <laughs> pa Papa John. <laughs> um, so that's, that's, that's Italian, right? He's definitely Italian. Yeah. Papa John Schnatter. Schnatter is a super Italian <laughs> yeah, last yeah, name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's raised in Italy. Uh, yeah, definitely. On a tomato farm, I'm sure. Yeah. On a pizza farm. Yeah, pizza farm, growing fresh pizzas. Um, so, Picard uh, says that they have readied a Mozart concert for Sarek, but Mendrison continues to dissuade him. Sarek and his wife, Perrin, uh, notably Amanda Grayson, she'd be dead. Yeah, it's his second wife. Mm -hmm. She's probably died of old age, honestly. Yeah. Um, he just like keeps getting new new wives, new human wives. New he's human got wives. a he's got a human fetish, yeah. And we know that now. And our fetish is log logical. I mean, it's his it's it's what gets me off. Of course, <laughs> yeah. it's logical. You think I can come inside a Vulcan pussy? They're way too tight for me. I'd be curious. I need a wide berth. I'd be curious as to when he actually married her. Because like, so did did he marry her when she was a younger woman? Yeah, and how much younger? Cause how like, much younger? Because no matter what, like he's gonna be like two hundred, and she's like at yeah. most like forty. Yeah, yeah. So, when they got married, right? <laughs> so no matter what, the age difference is a little sus. Yeah, a little sus. You mm -hmm. know, you know, problematic age gap a little bit. A little bit. But uh, yeah, it, or you know, it could just be like yeah, you know, maybe they just got married like two years ago. It could be something like that. Even still, even still, yeah, she's, she's like she's still got 150 years on. Yeah, her. she's about 60 years old at this point. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and he's 202. Yep. 
So, um, Sarek and his wife, Perrin, are beamed aboard the Enterprise by Chief O'Brien, and Sarek's role is once again reprised by Mark Leonard. I wrote it there. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, he introduces his wife as she who is my wife. <laughs> uh, That's so romantic. Yeah. Who, like his first wife, is human, as yeah. he said. Uh, Sarek tells Picard he wishes to visit the conference room intended for the Lagarans, contrary to Mendrison's wishes. Do you think, like, also, like, she has, like, this weird head thing on mm-hmm. this entire time that, that, that um, covers her ears. Yeah. So do you think he fetishizes the human ears? I think so. And, and so, then, like, and he's like, cover them up or I'm going to get fucking horny. Yeah, he's like, cover, the, cover those round ears up, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, I can't look at those sweet, <laughs> sweet ears. Yeah. Without <laughs> busting in my fucking robes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I was like wondering, like, why does she have this thing on? But you know, I thought figured out oh, could just be like the style. But it was, I did think it was funny. Like, you know, they make a great pains of saying like, oh yeah, she's human, but then like, mask her ears the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's you know, it's like the uh, the hijab. Mm, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. It's yeah. like she can know. only let the ears out in the privacy of their own home. Yeah, it's ears and ankles, baby. Ears yeah. and ankles. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's into. Ears, ankles, heads and toes. Ears, ankles, dicks and butts, dicks and butts. <laughs> ears, ankles, dicks and butts, dicks and butts. Or ears, That's ankles. where I like to come on my sluts. <laughs> ears and ankles, dicks and butts, dicks and butts. Um, so, <laughs> meanwhile, Wesley Crusher and Jordy are preparing in the conference room, preparing to fuck. Mm-hmm. No, I do no. like I did I do like that they're making like the the <coughs> slime pit the slime pit I actually wanted to climb inside. Yeah, yeah, it, it looks really fun. Yeah, and uh, you know uh, some people online have been saying recently that we need to bring slime back to shows, and I totally agree with that. Mm. Our shows like, are not on like Nickelo- oh yeah Nickelodeon, and not stuff. just Nickelodeon, but like Star Trek. We need to make our shows stickier uh, and slimier. Oh yeah, yeah, we, we yeah typically they're more clean. We don't see like we haven't seen like in Strange New Worlds. I don't think we've the Gorn are kind of slimy. They are kind of slimy, but we haven't actually seen anyone physically slimed. That's true. Yeah. We haven't seen anyone gooed. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think they want to goo like um, uh, Pike or anything. Like Anson oh, Mount. I want to goo Pike. <laughs> you want to goo Pike. Yeah, I want to goo but Pike. But I mean, like, it would, the goo would make it harder for, like, the behind the It'd scenes. It would make it so much harder, dog. You have no idea. <laughs> but for the behind the scenes crew, the people. Oh, who I'd do be behind st- every scene. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know what you're saying. <laughs> hey. But, like, his, his hair would just be too messed up. And that's, I think his hair is probably insured, honestly. That's so true. That's, that's probably why he doesn't. He, he, oh. has, a, he has a no slime contract. Oh, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd goo that up uh, something about Mary style. Yeah, they're like, you're, they're like, all right, keep Brit away from the set. <laughs> <laughs> Brit cannot goo Anson Mount. <laughs> Not again. Not again. So, um, Jordy and Crusher are readying the slime pit that is the home environment for the Lagarnans. Wesley says that he wants to finish as quickly as possible. If you know what I mean, I have to do a finger in the butt. Yes, <laughs> it's all the way up there. Make sure once you touch the prostate, it's just going to release. Yep. Yep. Um, so Wesley says he wants to finish as quickly as possible, as he has a date with Ensign Suzanne Dumont, and he intends to put her in a slime pit of his own. That wasn't Ashley Judd, was it? No. 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 So uh, I went ahead and actually found the trading card for Suzanne Dumont mm-hmm. from the fir- Star Trek First Contact because she's in like 35 episodes what? recurring. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? She's just kind of in the background for most of them. 
but she's also uh, briefly in Star Trek First Contact as well. Mm. And uh, it says here on the card, engineer, and I'm not kidding, this is the actual card. It says, engineer, senior transport operations engineer, friend of Maggie Hubble, once romantically involved with Wesley Crusher, way out of his league. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. What and does then, she look like? Uh, here. Let me see. Uh, Let's see if I recognize her. Oh, I think I've seen her, yeah. Yeah, she has kind of like tan skin, dark yeah. hair that's usually put back. Yeah, she's out of Wesley's league. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I uh, mean, I think anything that has a pulse is out of Wesley's league. <laughs> uh, so Data? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I think I think Data would get, probably give him a bro job. Yeah, I'd, at least he'd give him a bro hand, you know. Uh, so LaForge jokes that Wes would be too chicken to have even asked her out, but congratulates him. Sarek enters, inspects the conference room, and becomes irritated that it is not properly prepared for the Laganans. After he is calmed down, he retires to his quarters, declining Picard's invitation to show him the ship, and also says the walls are too bright. <laughs> Which is a weird thing for anyone to say, right? Yeah. The walls are too bright. And there, there's, there's, take all the things off the walls. It's like, mm -hmm. damn, like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, you're losing it, old man. So on the bridge, Picard and Riker discuss how Sarek is not as frail as Mendrosen implied. Picard will not cancel the concert, even if the ambassador is unable to attend, but regrets that the guest of honor won't be there. Counselor Troy suggests that Picard invite Sarek's wife instead, thinking that maybe that'll get him to come. And Picard agrees to this. Mm -hmm is that 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 actually usually works mm -hmm. yeah if, if you want someone to come and their uh their spouse is kind of the spoil sport who's always the reason that they don't come mm -hmm. you invite the spoil sport spouse mm -hmm. and then that usually gets them to come but also wasn't wasn't it kind of implied that she was also invited anyway yeah it was <laughs> yeah. But, but like you know it was yeah. it was like we he says he's not gonna come <laughs> but if we get her to come then maybe she'll like String him along, you know. That would be funny. She's like, "Well, I can come instead." And she's like, "We don't want you there. <laughs> we invited Sarek, not Mu you. Music is for men only. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here. Go on, get." <laughs> um. So arriving at their guest quarters, Perrin says that Sarek is meditating and unable to greet Picard. Picard says he came to ask Perrin and Sarek to the concert. After Picard leaves, Perrin consults with Sarek in the other room, and it turns out he cannot meditate and has not been able to for weeks. Mm. Yeah, because he can't stop thinking about dick. <laughs> well, I figure meditate is... is um, masturbate. Masturbate, yeah. Yeah, that's just what they call it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, oh, you must be must be hanging ball. Mm -hmm. as, as, like, the bow is afraid balls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sarek asks his wife to leave him be as he requires solitude so he may finally masturbate. Yeah, you, you can meditate right. all you want. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm going to meditate until it's sore. <laughs> I'm going to meditate the skin right off. He's like, yeah, I'm going to meditate and puts on sex trick. <laughs> Search for sperm. <laughs> I'm going to meditate so hard I regrow my foreskin. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, back with Wesley and Jordy, uh, they verify the temperature of the slime in the tank, which is 150 Celsius or 302 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. Which is some hot slime. That is hot slime. Which Wesley is used to. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be that. God, I can't imagine getting that. Bro, just boil your skin off. Yeah. I mean, that year his mom was away, Wesley, Wesley got turned out. <laughs> yeah. No one's here to protect you, Wesley. <laughs> You're going to work for me now, boy. You're going to make some visits to some men on the ship, and you're not going to say no to anything they want. He slimed me. Good. <laughs> uh, now, where's my money? Um, Wesley asks to leave for his date, and LaForge remarks that nothing's going to happen anyway. I did, I did, Damn, like, this, dude. I did like this whole conversation. It did start off so like they were just like, lightheartedly ribbing each other yeah it, <laughs> it's, it it's just like two virgins on 4chan like <laughs> yeah. telling the other one like trying to prove the other one's a bigger virgin yeah. it's so good yeah it just it just seemed like they were just playfully ribbing and then just like went too far yeah it's pretty <laughs> rad so the forge says that wes is not going to get anywhere with demon and wes retorts that at least he won't be spending the night with a book and doesn't have to get his women on a holodeck <laughs> Oh. Which is the sickest burn because it's referencing it's directly uh, LaForge's Hall of Rendezvous with a Hall of Leia Brahms. Yeah. Which is creepy. Yeah. It, he, he pretty much just read, he, he read um, uh, Jordy like a book. Like, yeah. He was he did. just like, he a, fucking threw the book at him he on went, that one. He went straight for the throat mm -hmm. and got wrecked. blood. Fucking wrecked. <laughs> fucking wrecked. So the two are ready to come to blows when Riker w walks in and breaks it up. But if they were really ready to come to blows, Riker would have joined in. And <laughs> yeah. Joined in. He would have just watched. Be like, yeah, we would be like, no, keep going. Continue. No. He, likes a, he just lights a cigarette. You, the little one. <laughs> suck the bigger one. <laughs> he just lights a cigarette and stays in the shadows. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, so Wesley leaves uh, while LaForge insists that nothing is the matter. I don't know, dude. Something seems the matter. Picard and Riker go to the music recital, and they discuss Worf putting a previously exemplary officer, Ensign Diamato, Diamato, the Diamato, on report for insubordination. And Riker brings up the earlier incident, telling Picard he actually thought Wesley and LaForge were going to hit each other. Sarek and his party enter. He says it was at his wife's insistence and that it seemed the ideal diversion <laughs> to masturbate. Picard introduces Data, who asks which performer style they'd like to hear, as he's programmed with varieties of 300 different violinists, which is okay, cool. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, he's basically Spotify. Yeah, he's Spotify, <laughs> but like with a different style of violinists and stuff. It's, yeah. it's a cool idea to... It's, it's a cool idea, I think. Yeah. You know? I do like the part when he's just basically acting like a metronome. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like... <laughs> also, like, he ob obviously, like, Brent Spiner has never played a violin in his life. His, no. his form is miserable. Yeah, if you, like, you can look at, like, the strings he's playing. Mm -hmm. You're just like, well, like, the it doesn't match the music. No, not at all. It's <laughs> like, very terrible. Yeah. So Perrin asked Data to play in the style of Tataglia. While the concert's going on, Sarek uh, actually cries at a moving moment in the performance when they're actually playing Brahms, not not uh, 
Mozart. And apparently the piece they're playing, uh, while it is played by a quartet in here, it actually requires six people to play mm. the version they actually played. Oh, so, I was, I was saying, yeah, I was thinking like how if you look at the people that aren't data that mm-hmm. are playing the instruments, they actually look like they hired real musicians right, right. to play. Because like they're just like, they, they just look like a bunch of random old people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they probably just got, actually got professional musicians to play it. And yeah. data just like pretended to be mm-hmm. <laughs> playing uh, his, his bit. So... Picard notices that Sarek is crying, and while retaining his composure, is astounded to see a Vulcan crying to music. Sarek and his group quickly leave, and as they do, Troy also feels something unusual from them. Yeah. Her remote-controlled butt plug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of the few moments that, you know, Troy can actually do something useful. Mm-hmm. It's like, I feel emotions. Right, cool. <laughs> cool. I think everyone. The dude. <laughs> yeah. The dude was crying. Yeah, you, she's like, I'm sensing something. He's sad. <laughs> <laughs> so, Doctor Crusher summons Wesley to her office in sick bay, and after picking a fight with him about not having attended the concert, she slaps him as hard as she can to make <laughs> Wesley tell the truth. And uh, that's where I came. Yeah. This is my fetish. Yeah. Uh, so later, he tells Counselor Troy. Uh, uh, later, she tells Counselor Troy, whom Wesley reported to, that she would never hit her son, especially as it was unprovoked. It was from a sudden burst of anger. Uh, hmm. I mean, that's not an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Troy says that she has heard the same thing from 10 other people in the last two days. So wow. people be slapping. People be slapping. People there be slap slapping. Party. Oh, yeah. Which is, once again, please invite me. <laughs> um, so, Sacketh, Black Sacketh. Um, gets a tour of the bridge from Data, and he asks if Picard is prepared to go through negotiations with the Lagarans if the ambassador's diplomatic capabilities are compromised. Data notes to Sacketh that Picard has extensive diplomatic experience and infers that uh, Sarek may not be able to conduct negotiations as originally thought. But Sacketh backtracks and says that he was merely interested in exploring different scenarios of the situation. And this is some uh, interesting, like, you know, deceit by a Vulcan. Yeah. Because, like, he's being purposely deceitful mm-hmm. instead of, like, being openly truthful. You know, it's like, um, you know, just being straightforward. Like, yeah, I'm seeking out, like, I, you know, because, like, Vulcans are supposed to be honest, mm-hmm. you know, not lie. You know, it's like a big thing when Spock did it. Right. <laughs> it's like, when, and, you know, Spock had to come up with, it also, you know, Spock's half human, but it has to come up with, like, a way to justify his lie. And that's after, yeah. like, you know, an entire, you know, 30 odd years, you know, right. years of uh, of building his character for that moment. And for Sackett, we've had zero, like, right. and he's, he's, he's being deceitful right from the get go. Yeah, but I feel like Vulcans can like buy into their own shitty logic of a lot of things. Yeah, like, I mean, we lo- did have the we did have like the the Vulcan crime lord, right? Exactly <laughs> from uh, Picard. Where he's like, oh well, in capitalism, crime is logical. Mm-hmm. Some shit. I don't even remember. And then they and then they outsmart him yeah. very easily. <laughs> yeah, and then, I never thought about it that way before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty cool. Uh, so intent forward, Chief O'Brien starts an argument with one of the other officers about uh, about the table they were going to sit at. Jordy LaForge sees this and calms them down and offers to get everyone a drink, which is strange because they don't really use money in space. So no. how's, how's that a gesture at all? Yeah. Uh, He's like, I will, I will just do the asking. Yeah, I'll just bring everyone a drink. The, uh, I'm not going to ask what anybody wants. I'm just going to bring you a drink that you probably hate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
What, what do you think? What drinks do you think Jordy's going to get for everybody? He'd probably do something really stupid, like, right? Like some really nerdy drink. It's like Long Island iced teas for everybody. <laughs> They're like, this is synthahol. No. <laughs> He'd probably get everyone Jaeger. Like <laughs> oh, like, Jaeger bombs. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he's getting them Irish car bombs or Jaeger bombs. I hate Jaeger so much. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. I had a friend, every time I went drinking with him, he always insisted on doing Jaeger shots. Oh. And especially, like, drinking at this one bar that had, like, one of those Jaeger machines where it, oh, it was the, cold. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It, like, just the taste, just the smell makes me want to vomit. And yeah. And so yeah, just doing Jaeger, like he would, I would, I'd just be minding my business, and then a Jaeger shot would be in front of me. I'm like, I have to do this thing now. God damn it! I, I, just, I, I simply would just accidentally spill it. <laughs> yeah, Pat, that's the fifth one you've poured on the floor all of this today. <laughs> I didn't. I accidentally hit them. I Sorry. actually hit them. Sorry. Oops. Uh, oops. Oh, there goes another one. Sorry. <laughs> he's spending money on these shots. <laughs> Bartender just keeps filling them up and putting them. In yeah. Place. Oh, that's okay. Free money. Oh, for that's me. okay. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. That'll be three hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, at that moment, Riker discusses Worf reporting Ensign Diamato's recent behavior when they walk into Ten Ford into a massive brawl. Yeah. Uh, that was that one guy's first mistake starting to fight with an irishman in a bar yeah like he like that you know starting to fight with o'brien like like it was over this, this already happened in another episode too yeah like uh fuck oh, yeah. Irish, like o'brien is in another bar fight in another episode with the italian guy wow i know right a little bit of irish racism going on here <laughs> he's always stoking racial tensions yeah. that's all <laughs> o'brien does yeah. Like every time he talks to someone, he's like, "Do you know what my last name means? Yeah. It means of Brian. It means don't fuck with me. It means Endgame. my family has big shredded <laughs> potato money. Do you hear me? I will fuck you up. I will tear you apart like a hash brown, motherfucker." <laughs> um. So. Uh. Both Riker and Worf join the melee and try to restore order in it. Yeah, uh, which over- is funny because they they just start they immediately take Jordy's side. They have no idea where Jordy stands in this brawl. No, <laughs> like they're just like, oh well, we know Jordy, so it's like we're just we're just gonna start fighting. We're just gonna help him and then start fighting whoever he's fighting. But right, it's like you know, Jordy could be in the wrong here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, and Jordy, well, Jordy is like the only person in the right here, though. Yeah, he is. He, he, he was he was trying to make it. He was trying to make the problem go away. Right, right. Yeah. He was, and they might have gotten from cues where, that like Jordy was the only one actually trying to stop the fight oh, instead yeah. of escalate it. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know. It's all O'Brien. <laughs> He's always stoking racial tensions. Yeah. He's like, what, what, you're drinking here? This is the Irish table. Yeah. Your people can't drink here. No. But we're, we're Scottish. We're practically the same shit. <laughs> we're both from Earth. Who cares? Yeah. Irish table. Irish motherfucking table. Yeah, what's your Irish table in life? You mean table that I exclude others from? <laughs> yeah, what's your Irish table? Hmm. Oh, pretty cool with everybody, but yeah, I'd probably know one that's like overtly like just racist, mm-hmm. <laughs> like no racists allowed. That's your Irish table. That's my it's Irish racism. Table. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> but I guess like that. I that, guess. that sounds like the opposite of an Irish table. Well, oh yeah, I'm, 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 I'm trying to understand what you mean by Irish table. So it's like a table that I tell people they can't sit there. That's correct. Okay, yeah. That's that's. I stand by what I said. I don't think I'm making any sense, but okay. <laughs> like you just, I don't know. I'm trying to comprehend the concept of an Irish table right now. <laughs> it's an easy question, man. What's your Irish table? <laughs> What's your Irish table? This common turn of phrase. Who would you tell to leave what? the table? What do you not get about Irish table? <laughs> You know, who would you exclude from a table? Who would you tell to leave from a table? It's like the Irish goodbye. Yeah. But not, but a table. <laughs> but a table. <laughs> think about it. Think about it, yeah. It's think, like, think about it. Think, think, think about it now. Yeah. Ooh, ah. <laughs> so, uh, Picard Riker, Counselor Troy, and Dr. Crusher are intent for discussing the fights that have been occurring at various locations around the Enterprise. Eventually, Crusher and Troy deduce that Sarek is suffering from Bendy syndrome. Yeah, bendy. Because his, his dick's all bendy. <laughs> <laughs> he took too much yoga, and now he's just, like, all over the place. He's like, uh, yeah. he's like Gumby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Do not challenge him to <laughs> do a... Dick off? Dick off. Dick off. I, what's I the name know. of the thing that you, that, where you go under the bar? Oh, uh, fucking limbo. Limbo. That's yeah. it. Yeah. No, no limbo competitions. Yeah. So, uh, Bendy sick syndrome is a rare sickness that causes Vulcans over the age of 200 to lose their emotional control. And Sarek is unconsciously broadcasting his intense emotions to the humanoids around him. It's funny that this is sort of like, kind of like the same concept as the, uh, polywater in the betazoid thing too. Yeah, like uh, the betazoid menopause because betazoid yeah, menopause from uh, DS Nine mm -hmm. season two episode something. I think. Yeah, like like where like she inadvertently like telepathically looks on a Troy. Yeah, yeah telepathically um, projects her emotions uh, on other people. Yeah, and everyone gets horny as fuck. Yeah. And Jake tries to fuck Kira, and she's like, "No, little boy, <laughs> no, little boy, I need that." really boring white dude penis <laughs> yeah i need i need my uh betazoid mm -hmm. or bezor what's his name um fucking uh vedic barile yeah barile that's you, it. you were way off <laughs> bezor 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 yeah the uh the thing that's made from um uh, undigested material that collects in your stomach oh that sounds cool yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh crusher says that all the fights aboard started almost the moment when the Vulcan party beamed aboard. She says that they can test for Bendy syndrome, but the results of the test to confirm it will not be available for several days after the scheduled meeting with the Lagarnans. <clears throat> Lagarnans? Yeah, Lagarnans. Okay, so Picard summons uh, uh, Mendrosan to his ready room and tries to reason with him that Sarek may have Bendy syndrome, but Mendrison refuses to listen. He summons Data and has him talk with Sacketh, who admits, after Data uses some fucking logic on his yeah. ass, that Sarek is not able to continue his diplomatic duties in his condition. Turns out that Sacketh has been using his own telepathic abilities to keep Sarek's emotion under control, but he's losing his ability to control them. That's pretty pretty fucked up. Yeah. Would you ever do that for your boss? No. No. <laughs> no, it's not worth it. Not worth it. 
So Data informs Picard about Sarek's condition, and Riker tells Picard that somebody needs to tell Sarek about his condition, and they end up quarreling. With other bridge personnel turning to stare, Data calms both his superiors down before their argument gets out of hand. Picard takes up the task of confronting Sarek about his condition. He finds Perrin and tells her that Sarek may have Bendy syndrome, but Perrin is in complete denial about Sarek's condition, saying it is more folklore than a real disease. Does that mm. sound familiar? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like COVID. Sounds like, yeah, they're, they're like, uh, oh, you think Sarek's vaxxed? Yeah, right. <laughs> Bendy syndrome, oh no, he just got vaxxed for the third time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this made this made up liberal eye of of of, of Bendy syndrome. It doesn't exist. It's something that it's it's vaccination disease. He's dying from being vaccinated. They're they're putting they're putting chemicals <laughs> into the Vulcan elders and making them gay. They've got a got a gay Sarah going on mm-hmm. now. Sarah, more like suck dick. <laughs> He's gay. He's gay. <laughs> so um, she points out that it. Uh, there has not been a case of Bendy syndrome in Sarek's lifetime and that he does not have it. Picard insists, apologizing that he must barge in, but then Sarek, Mendrison, and Sakath come into the room. And Sakath sucks off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he sounds like, uh, you know, when you go to the dentist and they use mm. that thing to suck out all the water? Yeah. That's what he sounds like when he's sucking duck. <laughs> Sucks the paint off it. <laughs> yeah, he's like a shop vac. He could do the cigarette trick. <laughs> <laughs> go so, listen to the last episode. Yeah, go listen to the last episode. Find out what the cigarette trick is. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. Um, <laughs> so, um, when Picard finally gets to speak to Sarek, he also does not believe him that he has Bendy syndrome, but he will submit himself to take the test. Since the conference is in a few hours and the test results cannot be determined for at least several days, Picard asks that he postpone the conference with the Lagarnans. Picard reveals that Sackett has been holding together Sarek's emotions, which he admits to Sarek, and Sarek tells Sackett that his assistance will no longer be required. Uh-oh, he's going off his meds, baby. Yeah. He then asks everyone to leave while he speaks to Picard alone to jerk him off. <laughs> about to be like do you have any benzos <laughs> i need to help get my, my emotions in order uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been eating beef for the past two years i've been eating nothing but beef let me tell you it's destroying my mind <laughs> please help me my daughter has kidnapped me i need a vegetable or something <laughs> like I, I i don't think i'm getting all the proper nutrition i just raw meat. need a prostate <laughs> orgasm please i just think one more benzo would cure me just uh <laughs> just one more benzo and then i'll be fine <laughs> why is sarah jordan v peterson now i <laughs> How'd that happen? Um, so, uh, Sarek offers Picard the chance to present his arguments, and he will listen and consider them logically. Picard explains the violent emotional outbreaks that have been occurring on the ship, and he feels that Sarek is responsible. 
Sarah counters that any number of unexplained phenomena could be the cause, and while Picard states that other possibilities are being researched, there is also the fact that this began after Sarah <laughs> came on board, and it can't be a coincidence that his wife and staff have been isolating him. Mm. That's a pretty good point. Yeah. <clears throat> so... Sarek suggests that Picard is reacting to their emotional feelings concerning his age, but Picard reminds him that Sarek, or sorry, Sacketh doesn't feel emotions. Sarek argues that Sacketh is a child who uh, presumed that he needed help, but Picard reminds him that he did need his help at the concert. The mention of the concert uh, causes Sarek to hesitate as Picard reminds him that he cried and he saw his tears. Mm-hmm. Sarek denies this and corrects Picard. I saw you cry like a bitch. Yeah. (laughs) You be all, wah, wah, I'm a big Vulcan baby. I'm 202 years old. I was real mean to my wife and son, who's a big famous ambassador. Man, fuck you. I guess this does. Fuck you. I guess this does sort of have like a bad message where it's like, it's, it's like, a man being punished for showing emotion. Yeah, and, right. And then other men shaming him into uh, repressing those emotions. Again. It's like, man, <laughs> man, I saw you crying at the show. You should see a doctor. <laughs> that ain't healthy. Yeah, I'm not talking about like a therapist. I mean, I think you should see a doctor because I think you're mentally ill. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, right. I think there's, I think there's uh, something physically wrong with you, and that's why you're crying. This motherfucker crying at Brahms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go see a doctor about that so you can stop and uh, never have to see you cry again. Yeah, right. <laughs> I get it if it was Liszt or I don't know, from Beethoven or something. But come mm-hmm. on, Brahms. Brahms, come on. Mm-hmm. So. Sarek denies this, then corrects Picard that he recalls there was only one tear. Picard then comes back with his original question, is it logical for a Vulcan to cry? This is what it sounds like when Vulcans cry. Mm -hmm. Boop, boop, boop. I mean, I would say yes. Is it logical? Why? I don't know. know? Just because you're cool with it? Yeah. Okay. Just let, let the man cry. If he wants to cry, if he sees a beautiful, he sees a beautiful sunset. Mm-hmm. If he's doing nature fishing, jerking often, like if he's doing, if he gets pepper sprayed by the cops, if he gets pepper sprayed by the cops. You know, mm-hmm. let the man cry. If his wife tells him he has a small dick, <laughs> let the man cry. Right? It's logical. It's logical to cry. Yeah. What? Uh, when was the last time you cried? I don't know. Probably thinking about like. A sad animal video. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> That's you. That's you, you fucking baby. <laughs> Make it stop. Make it stop. Turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it off. Fun will now commence. <laughs> All right, that's over. Whew. Oh, yeah. 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 All right, I didn't show any emotion there. Yeah. <laughs> God, I'm f- glad I finally got to use crying baby sound effect. Got you in, got you in 4K, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so, Zarek, beginning to lose control as his anger is rising, reminds Picard that the Lagarnans will meet him and only with him, and that there are no other solutions to this diplomacy. Picard reminds Zarek that he himself has said that there are always other solutions <laughs> and that a Vulcan should never be afraid to look at something he didn't want to see. Like uh, another man's penis. Zip. You ever see a grown man naked? (laughs) (laughs) Of course he has. Yeah, yeah, of course he has. He's a Vulcan. Vulcans are gay as fuck. (laughs) Um, 
So, uh, Sarek angrily accuses Picard of trying to discredit him, but Picard stands firm with the statement that a Vulcan never confused what he wanted with the truth. Sarek shouts in fury, refusing to be spoken to in such a manner. Picard tells him that can he, he can hear the anger in his voice. Sarek rants that it is illogical for a Vulcan to become angry, and his hysterical reaction proves that everything that Picard claimed is true. Dun 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 dun. A good uh, Picard space lawyer moment. It very much is. It's very yeah. much a. Mm, it's almost a Matlock moment. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. It's like, oh, but counselor, you said you've never yelled before. Yeah. No. <laughs> now I'm just an old country lawyer. But <laughs> looks like you're having an emotion right now. <laughs> right. Looks like you're a man. Who cries? <laughs> like a bitch. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, Your Honor. The jury finds the defendant guilty of being a bitch. <laughs> yeah, this is this episode just like strengthens uh, toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, we love yeah. to see it. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Picard, upset at what he had to do, even though it was the right thing, knows that Sarek is in no condition. <laughs> to do the negotiations and prepares to inform the Lagarans personally. Perrin asks Picard privately in his ready room to let Sarek continue the negotiations, but Picard cannot do anything. She asks Picard to volunteer to allow Sarek to mind meld with him so that Sarek would have Picard's emotional control. Sarek is reluctant, warning that this would cause Picard to be completely overwhelmed by extremely powerful Vulcan emotions. But Picard ultimately agrees. Yeah. Picard can do it. Right? Uh, so they have a meld, and they both come, like, very hard, and cry, come mm-hmm. and cry. And they actually, tears come out of their penises, and <laughs> cum comes out of their tear ducts. Oh. It's all messy. Yeah, yeah, something got messed up there. Yeah, it looks like, they, I mean, they're, they're, it looks like they've been uh, just, like, uh, cutting milky onions. The way <laughs> just, just come come out of the eyes. Sweet, sweet onion milk. Mm-hmm. So, after the meld is performed, Picard is indeed overcome. Overcome. Oh. Overcome. Come. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, Picard is indeed <laughs> overcome, and in the presence of Beverly Crusher, pours out the contents of Sarek's secretly anguished soul, such as his regrets of never showing tenderness to Perrin as well as to his late wife Amanda and their son Spock. A bit too late, you old piece of shit. Also, it's funny, like, he's under the care of Beverly Crusher, Mm -hmm. and they didn't think at once to uh, sedate him. No. Like, if, like, they were worried about, like, uh, the Vulcan um, emotions being too much for Mm -hmm. a human, sedate him. Like, so, like, as long as, 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 like, uh, if, like... If, if he so he doesn't have to go through this. Are you saying ba 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 ba? Picard but, should be sedated. Yeah, <laughs> he needs to be sedated. Yeah, Picard should be sedated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He doesn't have to go through the indignity of, of a man suffering emotions. So so this right here, this is some capital A acting. Yeah. Uh, on I would have showed you such tenderness. Yeah, it, it's it's some real crying and real weepy. It's it's actually really good. Um, it's like uh, Picard is coming for three minutes straight. Yeah, like that's how much of a show he's putting on. Mm-hmm. 
He br- uh, I wonder if I wonder if Patrick Stewart asked for this. Like he's just like, I want to show off. Like Picard never cries. I want to cry. <laughs> it was like, no, put put the put put in the butt plug. <laughs> no, it's the the vibrating one. <laughs> the one that you reached through through a time portal and took from a table <laughs> in 2023 <laughs> from a Star Trek podcast. No, I won't explain what a podcast is. Or Star Trek. Or shut Star- up. Shut up. <laughs> Just get the damn butt plug from the damn Shut table. up, Wesley. Get me the butt plug. <laughs> Reach the damn time portal, Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> It's clean. It's clean. Still in the box. <laughs> uh, never don't open used. it. Never been used. I don't want your little dirty hands touching it, so <laughs> just touch the damn package. <laughs> don't reach inside. <laughs> so, uh, Beverly comforts uh, Picard during his refractory <laughs> period yeah. for mind melts, of course. Uh, in the meantime, a restored and rational Sarek successfully completes his negotiations with the Lagardans. The link is thusly dissolved, and with the negotiations over and Sarek uh, under less pressure, Sakith can again help him with his emotions. The USS Mary Mack, named after Miss Mary Mack, all dressed in black with silver buttons all down her back. Mm. Uh, she asked her mother for 50 cents to see the elephant climb the fence. Mm. Climb so high, 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 he touched the sky, sky, sky. Never came back, back, back till the 4th of <laughs> July, which is a weird day for an elephant to return, being that elephants aren't uh, native to North America. No, they're not. No. That we know of. But that elephant really cares about American Independence Day. It does. Mm-hmm. That's why it came back. I mean, I mean, it is the symbol of Republicans. That's true. Yeah, Do you so think Miss Mary Mack is a Republican? Do you think that's what it's trying absolutely. to say? Absolutely. But she's all dressed in black, so she's a goth. Oh yeah. I mean, how there's goth, there's goth Republicans. But how many are there? I, mean, I think a lot. Like I've, you know, like pretty much like the whole Church of Satan. There's like a bunch of like Republican. Oh <laughs> no, they're they're libertarians. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you got to go with a satanic temple, baby. <laughs> they're like leftists. Yeah. They're pretty cool. So. <clears throat> um, the USS Mary Mack, named after Miss Mary Mack, silver bond. Fast forward. The USS Mary Mack will be transporting Sarek and his delegation back to Vulcan, where he'll be euthanized. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be put before. Put, put him in the old man tank. <laughs> he'll be put before a firing squad. <laughs> this is for having an emotion. <laughs> they just shoot up, shoot him. This is for the one tier, one bullet for one tier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I can't get it in time. Oh. Oh, well. No gun sound. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Picard shakes Perrin's hand and then tells her that Sarek loves her. She says that she knows. And she knows he fetishizes her above all else. <laughs> Yeah, that's the, my sweet human pussy. It's like, baby, wait till we get home. You can take that head scarf off. <laughs> gonna see, gonna see, gonna see those ears now. <laughs> you know what, daddy gonna do once you see them ears. <laughs> um. So Picard bids farewell to Sarek in the transporter room. Their lives have been forever joined through the meld, and each will carry the better parts of the other with them, and the hornier parts. Hell's yeah. Picard feels he has a better part of the bargain. Picard displays the Vulcan salute and bids Sarek farewell. As the Vulcan party leave, leaves, Sarek grabs his wife's hand tenderly. Aww. 
The end. It'll be the last time he gets to hold her hand. Yeah, right. Before he's killed. Yeah, right. He's going to be transported right back into the old man tank. Yeah. (laughs) What do you think they do in the old man tank? Uh, They probably just spray him with water, like at at random intervals. Spray him with milk. They spray him with milk at random intervals (laughs) and, like, and then, like, just confuse him, like, have, like, weird noises, Mm -hmm. vibrations. Just things to make him even more scared of being. So alive. what you're saying is a vibrating butt plug. Yeah, absolutely. He's inside my one. my vibrating butt plug, which I don't know what happened to. They it. shrink him down to in, to to an, to a size that can fit inside of. Oh him. yeah, that that's purgatory. And actually, like, because like, te- really, we have not invented anything, any a technology that vibrates. Mm-hmm. All vibrating butt plugs. There's actually like a tiny person inside that shakes it. Oh, that's like a Mexican jumping bean. Yeah, it's like a Mexican jumping bean. It's mm-hmm. like instead of a worm, it's just like a person. And so then when you hit the turn on button, like little light flashes and they're okay. like, oh, and they got to get up and I, start shaking it around. You know, they, they never really address that on like the Flintstones. Like, do they? <laughs> <laughs> it's a living. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just got like a swordfish with a end rounded yeah. down. It's like. <laughs> it's a living. Well, my mom probably never thought I'd be doing this. <laughs> yeah. Goes back to his family. And there's just a bunch of other little animals that have, that also have like dildo shaped heads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Wilma. No. Well, you know, punching the clock. Moment Fred leaves to go to the, go to the, blump, the, the, the rock yard. <laughs> Just all day, every day. He's at work for eight hours. I'm in her for eight hours, you know? Mom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we know we know on, on the Jetsons, Rosie's got like a hand that just vibrates. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But they, I, I still don't think they've invented vibrating technology at that point. So it's just like a little alien that's inside of it. <laughs> yeah. It's just, <laughs> just rolling around doing cartwheels and shit. Yeah, doing cartwheels, flips. and uh, Yeah. Clit, clit wheels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. What do you think of this episode? I thought it was really great. Yeah, I thought uh, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, like, because uh, <laughs> I mean, it is great. Like, because it does deal with like, you know, the hor- the horrors of aging a bit. You know, mm-hmm. just like you know, people's fear of aging and, yeah. and like and reluctance to admit anything's wrong. Yeah. Especially in in the spite of, of overwhelming evidence, and that and shows out it's even true with a Vulcan who's supposed to be like totally like absolutely like true like honest and Mm -hmm. with themselves and honestly like when i think about it now the aging episodes of star trek are some of the best episodes in the series Mm -hmm. i mean you got stuff that deals with like aging and mortality like this one inner light once more into the breach Mm -hmm. like all of them deal very specifically with like the aging process and Mm -hmm. getting older Um, the feeling, the feelings of inadequacy, or or or, be, or feeling like obsolete, mm-hmm. or just and feeling like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm over the hill. I can't. I have no more utility to anyone in my life. But mm-hmm. that was never true. It's like it's like aging is a sign of a life well lived. Yeah, aging is a sign that you haven't died yet. Yes, <laughs> you're a survivor. Survivor. You're not gonna give up. You're not yes. gonna stop now. You're gonna work harder. <laughs> you're a survivor. You're gonna make it. You're a survivor. Keep on surviving. Keep on surviving. Yeah. Yeah. Destiny's yeah. child, baby. <laughs> Destiny's child. Destiny's fucking child. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, it, it's a good, it's a good message, you know, and just like, because like, you know, I feel this, uh, there's probably a lot of like, um, 
you know, you can make a lot of connections to like Alzheimer's and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, there's like like this could be you know, an allegory for like Alzheimer's or you know, any be, other de- or uh, mentally uh, degenerative disease. You know, it'd be cooler is if uh, instead of losing your memory, it was just replaced with basketball memories. <laughs> they call it Alzheimer. Alzheimer. Yeah. <laughs> B- ball really is life now. <laughs> just keeps hearing the uh, keeps hearing like this uh, the beginning of Fresh Prince of Bel Air in his head like the soundtrack. <laughs> He's like he just believes that he's on the on the uh, streets of Philadelphia, West Philadelphia, West born Phil- and raised. <laughs> on the playground is where I spent most of my days. He's just sinking baskets, chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool. <laughs> it's like no, Sarek. Those are false memories implanted by your by your uh, disease. I'm a baller. Don't you forget it. All right, Sarek, take this basketball. Sink it in that hoop. Well, of course, I've had years of practice. And it just like lands completely, like it goes like five feet from the basket. It actually knocks a window out. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, not, why just, do we have that on a spaceship? <laughs> You're a cat in the alleyway. <laughs> we have alleyways? <laughs> and a bunch of trash cans fall over. My God. So I do have Ballheimer disease. <laughs> I've never picked up a basketball in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Heimer is the, officially the worst idea I've ever had. <laughs> Paul Simers. I, I think I think I think we should write the script and submit it. Paul Simers. <laughs> Just fucking find Wes Anderson's house. Pound on the door. You gotta do it. You gotta, you gotta do, do, it. do it. You gotta do it. You gotta have Paul. Just Simers. don't even talk to him. Just be like, you gotta do it. Point at the script. You gotta do it. <laughs> this is this is being made. <laughs> I got the gun. <laughs> We're making this right now. Yeah. Ball really is life. <laughs> Ball is life. Or is it? That's the, that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the tagline for, for the episode. In a world where ball is life. Or is it? Or is it just the figment of your imagination? Um, yeah. Pretty pretty fun episode. I liked yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. It was a good episode. Uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a, it's it's nice to see the range of Mark Cushman mm-hmm. where he just makes like really bizarre, uh funny, uh sex uh porn parodies of mm-hmm. Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Then also writes pretty good episodes of Star Trek. Yeah, we love to see it. Yeah, love to see it. And uh Les Landau directing fucking tons of Star Trek episodes, this is one of them. Mm-hmm. We also love the Star Trek card where it says that uh Suzanne Dumont is way out of uh Wesley Crusher's League. Did it lie? <laughs> Fuck no, it didn't. <laughs> Fuck no, it did not. Yeah, that. What's that. what is in his league besides his <clears throat> right hand and his left hand? Mm. Right. Even when they tried to give him Ashley Judd, I think then it'd be it'd be weird to think about what would have happened if Ashley Judd didn't like take off, mm-hmm. you know, and become pop, be like just become too big for Star Trek, right? Right. <laughs> and what if she continued a role as like Wesley's love interest, what, completely unbelievable love interest? <laughs> right. I would have hated that. <laughs> that would have been awful. Like Ashley Judd doesn't deserve that. No, she doesn't. She deserves <laughs> some real dick. She deserves some Riker. She, she deserves some some meaty rolls, not mm-hmm. not uh, not not swooning over um, Wesley Crusher. The boy, the boy, the boy. What? Oh, did you fuck the boy? <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> He's probably got a little baby dick. <laughs> boy, dick. Poor Wesley. Wonder, wonder what uh, Ashley. Uh, I haven't seen Ashley done anything lately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. 
could be retired. Who knows? <laughs> she might have gotten Alzheimer's. She gotten Alzheimer's. She's, she's dribbling an imaginary basketball right now in West Philadelphia. Like some, some people are just like, why is Ashley Judd here every day in this basketball court in West Philadelphia? <laughs> we're just like she's got Alzheimer's. <laughs> she's like just throwing balls that are going straight over the fence. Yeah. She's like ball is life. She's like baskets. <laughs> I'm throwing buckets today. <laughs> Kobe. 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 Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, have you heard what happened? Kobe, ball is life. Kobe, ball is life. Uh, yeah. Pretty cool. Well, uh, we're going to go research Alzheimer's. Yeah. We'll find out if it's real or not. Yeah. And well, also, it's like the more we research it, like the better we'll be able to write the episode, the Star Trek Alzheimer's episode. Right, right. <laughs> for, for Discovery, obviously. For Discovery, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be the, the finale. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was in your head the whole time, Burnham. <laughs> you have Alzheimer's. <laughs> You've just been playing an imaginary game of basketball the whole time. Well, that's, that's how the episode starts. It just shows her just like going and just like her waking up in West Philadelphia and just like dribbling. They're like, what's going on? <laughs> she sees like Stamets on the court and yeah. she's just like, hey, you want to play a game? a pickup and she's like what the fuck is going on what the hell is going on and uh what's his face doug jones is there oh doug jones in human form yeah, and he's like form. yeah and he's just like sinking baskets because he's super tall <laughs> yeah. and skinny and yeah. she's like what the fuck is this <laughs> yeah and then she's like wait a minute she, she wakes up in like an actual doctor's office and wilson cruz is there and he's <laughs> like yeah you have Alzheimer's. <laughs> um i was in rent by the way <laughs> yeah. you're gonna be drifting in and out and soon you'll go to west philadelphia and never return <laughs> <laughs> you'll you'll live west forever. philadelphia dead and buried, dead and buried. <laughs> we will just have to put you out to pasture then because there's no coming back you'll just be playing playing one game of basketball for the rest of your life we're gonna take you to the big court in the sky <laughs> <laughs> yeah so ball is life ball is death uh thanks for hanging with the soldiers be well travel safe yeah. And go watch Sarah. It's pretty fun. It's a pretty good episode. Yeah. All right. Thanks for checking with us, boy boys, girls, and ugly beans. <laughs> Hang dong and Disease of the Year Award goes to <gasps> Balzheimer! West Philadelphia, born and raised.